and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. So to end this, I think on a little bit more of a positive note, what, what, what were your thoughts on the Dame ceremony the other night? Man, it was super cool. Um, I know it like you and I have talked about this record for probably three years. Like we, yeah. we, we've, we've, we've talked to people around Dame and this is something that they have very much wanted to see happen. Like they knew this was going to happen, like barring a catastrophic meltdown. This is always something that was kind of in the cards the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And since we, it was such a, long time coming i was like i'm not gonna care about this i got goosebumps i I thought they did a really good job with it i mean every every single part of it from like they had the little like in between quarters and during timeouts they had all the clips of different guys congratulating him Mm -hmm. i thought that was cool I thought Lamar did a great job with the speech he afterwards. He the hell out of that thing, I mean, man. It was fantastic. There's, there's, no, there's nobody better God, to have do something like that. I Lamar is just so good at I that stuff. I hate him so much. I hate that he's so good at everything. It drives me He's insane. so good at that, and he's such a nice guy, too. <laughs> I'm, still, sad, I'm still, like, for those of you who are, like, listeners, I don't, know, I don't know how many people listen to me and don't listen to Jack Ramsey's, but those of you who somehow haven't heard Lamar's interview on Jack Ramsey's, yeah, I would go God, back and listen to that. He was so good. The story that he tells about why he actually tried to get on the bachelor which is not actually to get on the bachelor <laughs> because i the, the woman that is now his wife was girlfriend at the time was in on it like you you need to we can't do it justice on no. here you need you guys should go go back in jack ramsey's like youtube or it's whatever it's been to the, it's been to the top with, yeah with all the, go with all the go do that but like, lamar did a great job and, and then and also just like when when dame's kids were like running around like like the i think my favorite moment of the whole time was i can't i don't know which of the twins it was but one of the twins <laughs> jumps up off of Kayla's lap, runs over to Lamar, and then, like, runs over to kind of, like, five feet beyond the three-point line. And Lamar just, like, without missing a beat, Lamar turns around and goes, hey, that's where Daddy shoots from. Just crushes it. <laughs> it's just so good. And then Dame's speech was great, and then Dame was great in the post-game media session afterwards. Just every single part of it, I think, was uh, was just... Uh, listen, I... I... I don't. I didn't know if I wanted to share this or not, but I will, because I think it's really cool. Do I know this? No, you don't. Okay. Um, after the press conference, uh, after that game, I went into the hallway and talked to him. Okay. And I just went and congratulated him. Uh huh. And not as like a media member, but it's just kind of a, a fan of his game and what he has done and what he has meant. Sure. And I thought it was super cool because kind of coming full circle, I told him, listen, man, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an LA guy. My whole family grew up as Lakers fans. My cousins are Lakers fans. My like my family and friends, they're all Lakers fans. Like everybody I knew was a Lakers fan. I was dyed in the wool LA. And the first basketball game I ever saw was Blazers Lakers. And it was Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler brought me to this team, brought me to this franchise. There's nobody I wanted to see break this record more than you because of what you've kind of personified. And the thing that I told him, I think this is this is the coolest thing about Dame is he's the guy now for those kids. Totally. 
he's the guy that brings that next generation of fans in and to be a guy that has embraced this city so much. I didn't used to really care about that stuff. As I've gotten older, it's mattered a little bit more to me. And for all of the tropes and all of the, oh, he's a swell guy. It's true. It is. Every bit of it is true. Like, you know, he said, he told me, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's, it was sincere. Yeah. It was heartfelt. Like it was. Dame's a genuine guy. Dame. It, there are, there have been, there have been other players that I've covered where you say, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. But like, you kind of know that it's, it's sort of a put on or whatever. Even of the nice guys in the league. There's like, there's, there's a ton of nice guys. Don't be wrong. There's bad guys in the league. There are. Right. For, for all the people that are, that are out there, there are. But there are some genuinely good dudes. There's only two that I've, as far as like superstar level guys. Like, I mean, there's plenty of like mm-hmm. role players. As far as like superstar level guys who are also this good to deal with, like on a media basis that I've personally dealt with, there is only two that come to mind. One of them is Dirk, mm-hmm. and the other one is Chris Bosch. That's a great one. Who I always thought was like, I, I, I never covered him day to day, but like, I just, you know, when he was in Miami, those last, like I was, I was in Chicago, those last couple of LeBron Wade Bosch years in, yeah. in, in Miami. So I, you know, I, and I covered that heat Pacers, uh, conference finals, the last one. So I was around him a little bit. I always just found him to be a super thoughtful down to earth type of guy. I thought he always got kind of a bad rap for whatever reason during some of those years. And I always thought he handled all that stuff really well. And then also just like ever since like what happened to him with having to medically retire, I've listened to him on some podcasts mm-hmm. since then. And he seems like he just has really good perspective about the whole thing. He and he's just it. genuinely grateful to be where he is and to be, you know, to have had the career that he had, even though it didn't end maybe the way he wanted it to. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is he gets it. And I get, I'm not sharing this to say like, look at how cool I am. I talked to Dame and I congratulate him. I, sure. I, I don't want it to be that. Right. Right. This right, is, right. this is just like my, my personal anecdote of my experience with Dame in a moment that don't get it twisted. This means something to him. It does. This is again, this is something he wanted for years and it's not just to hang up on the wall. It's because he knows if he is top in points, Top in assists, top in games played, top in games won, top in three pointers made, there in rebounds. Like if he's there, it it's unassailable. It's unassailable. You can say Bill Walton, he won a title. He's like, yeah, he only played five years. You can say Clyde. He's like, yeah, but he's Houston's. You can say whatever. If Dane has all of this stuff, he doesn't have to say it. It says it for him. And that's just like part of his legacy is that he's not a braggadocious guy. Now, don't get me wrong on that floor. He'll let you. He will. He'll, 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 he picks his spots. He picks (laughs) his spots, but he is not a guy like he's just, his, his attitude is not that way. And you heard it in his speech. I grew up with uh, so many family members, so many cousins, you know, if, if one guy couldn't go, we all, we all couldn't go. Like that's, that's who he was. And there was a line Lamar said that who he is as a person matters more than anything he ever does before he steps on a basketball court. And if you ever get to talk to him, if even for a moment, you will feel that. And that's what made that night for me so cool is that I have covered every second of his career to see it not culminate, but to see this milestone crossed, the way the team handled it, the the sur- 
the, I mean, listen, man, ET, Mo, Stotts, uh, Pop, KD, Tim Frazier, Tatum, Frazier, Batum, Lamarcus, like to do all of that. Those guys, they can say no. And they don't because Dame is that guy. And you've been around the league a long time, Sean. Mm hmm. How many guys in the league do you think have the reputation of Dame in the sense of how many people do you think think negatively of Dame outside of Pat Beverly? I think you're probably, I, I think there, I think if there's one, and this is something that gets kind of misunderstood about Dame. And I, maybe this is more of a fan thing than a player mm -hmm. thing. But the one piece of backlash that I've kind of seen towards Dame has been the whole, why does he always feel the need to tell us about how he's staying in Portland and he's not running from the grind or whatever? Mm. And what I keep saying over and over again is he only talks about that because he keeps getting asked about it. Stop asking no about creativity. it. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I was very happy on media day when none of the local reporters brought that up and asked him about it, and we all kind of realized that it's a dead issue and it's not something Nurk was the only one who brought it up. And here's the other part of it when it comes to, like, I, I mean, I like, I, you know, you, you, you're talking about, like, all this legacy stuff and, like, what this moment means for Dame. This is something that I wrote, I think, the morning that it was going to happen when he mm. passed uh, Clyde in Oklahoma City. He's doing it in a season when the Blazers have something to play for, when there's something on yeah. the line. He would and have done this last year. He could have. Would anybody have enjoyed Oof. it if he did this last year? When he God, like, it would have sucked. If they had like delayed his surgery just so that he could stay out there long enough to do this, and he's playing alongside, uh, you know, C.J. Ellaby and Kelgen Blevins. All right, I guess I guess Kelgen Blevins is his cousin, so that would have been. It would have been kind of cool for him. I bet. By the way, Kelgen. By the way, Kelgen Blevins just signed in Romania. I don't know. Yeah, if you I saw, saw that. that. Good for him. <laughs> Good. Get the back. But any, but but. At some point in the next month, LeBron is going to pass Kareem, and nobody is going to care because the Lakers, even before the Anthony Davis injury, the Lakers' season was basically over. There's nothing for them to, like, maybe they make one of these trades, and that gets them into, like, the fringes of the 10th spot in the play-in. But LeBron, you know, arguably one of the two, three greatest players of all time, is going to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer in games that are just completely meaningless. And it would have sucked it's, if Dame was doing that if Dame was becoming the Blazers all-time leading scorer in that kind of a season in those kind of games. It would have it would have felt cheap or cheapened. And it's the same thing with when uh a couple, like one of their last home games the game was it uh who was it against that they uh the the one the one where he had the 11 threes. Who was oh, that like where where they lost? Like we were saying they all run together. No, the one yeah. the no the one here. Oh, um... No, they, was, they, they won that. No, it was, it was a Minnesota one. It was the Minnesota, second Minnesota yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Minnesota the second Minnesota game, he ties the franchise record of 11 threes, and people are, like, chanting... for it, yeah. Right, people are chanting, like, we want Dame... We, like, they, they wanted him to put him back... We wanted Chauncey to put him back in to either break the franchise record or pass Clay Thompson for, like, the, the NBA most record the NBA, for yeah. most... And, and he, you know, he said something like, I don't want to just come in and force it. I just... I want to actually do it, you know, in, in, in meaningful minutes. I don't want to just come in in garbage time and just jack up a bunch of threes to say I broke this record. So I, I kind of feel like he felt the same way about becoming the all-time franchise leading scorer yeah. and that's you know i'm 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 happy for him i mean obviously i think he would have liked it to a happen at home and b happen in a win 
mm-hmm. when they did the celebration the other night against Charlotte, he got to kind of have a do-over on both of those things. Yeah, and that was the thing is you go back and look at that one on the road trip. It was it was incredibly cool to have Fat Man Dame Junior work his way down to the bench and yeah, know, grab his dad's hand. That was the like. I bet you if you if you hook Dame up to the lie detector, that's the moment that's going to stick with him for a long time. Yeah. Like, but you could tell he was bothered in that moment otherwise because they were playing like crap. They they were mired in, a, in another bad game. And Chauncey alluded to this. It was the first game. They all were pressing because to they get, were all kind of like, like they wanted it to happen. Guys were deferring on shots. And like, like they just, they're playing tight. And Dave and Chauncey in their own way kind of said after the Charlotte game that we're glad that that's like behind us in the sense of that stuff, but we don't want to dismiss it. Like we wanted like to enjoy it and to live in it and then bask in it. And I was, it was very cool the entire night. It was very cool. The ceremony. I'm glad it was Lamar emceeing. I'm glad you got to see LaMarcus. I'm glad you got to see Terry. Like, I think those both those guys are so pivotal in the story of Dame. You can't tell Dame's story without those two guys. Terry allowing Dame to be Dame. LaMarcus being a sounding board, but in a in a neutral manner of like the, the Dame ascension doesn't happen without LaMarcus. It's what? as awkward as that was. When do you think they're gonna retire LaMarcus's number? When LaMarcus retires. I think they'll mend those fences and come back. Cause that's the other yeah. thing is like LaMarcus is third all time score. And I think there's these, their number one all time rebounder, like something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. LaMarcus is way up there for everything. So, and so but, like those I, guys matter. Hey, they do. And I was actually thinking about this the other night because I actually asked Dame if he was like happy to have this out of the way. And he acted like he wasn't even really thinking about it, which, yeah. okay. All right. But I've only covered, like, I think the one of these types of games that I've covered that stands out in the past is mm-hmm. back when I was still covering the bulls. Uh, I, it was the year, my last year on the beat was the three alphas, the Rondo Wade Butler year. <laughs> and so when Dwayne Wade went back to Miami for the first time, cause that mm-hmm. was a similar situation. Like, yeah. I mean, it's even, it's even more so because he won multiple championships there, but like what Dame is in Portland is what D Wade is in Miami. Like uh, that's he's the, that, probably the he's, best parallel. He's that, that, he's that, that dude. He's that yeah. guy. Like he, cause up until he went to Chicago, he had, you know, he was like synonymous with one right. franchise and then he ended up going back there at the end of his career and, 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 you know, finishing it out there. But anyway, like he's like, that was the type of like reputation that he had. And so that game, he, you know, they they did I thought the Heat did a great job in that game. Like they when they were doing the player intros for the visiting team, they did like all of the fanfare and stuff for him. The entire crowd was wearing Dwayne Wade jerseys, which was which was cool. I just pulled up his box score in that game. He had thirteen points on five of seventeen shooting in that game. And <laughs> he was the, 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 the Bulls won, but he was like he he did not play well in that game. Mm-hmm. And you know, three turnovers. Like he was he was pressing. And then he said afterwards that was the worst basketball game I've ever played, and I couldn't wait for it to be over. These Listen, this is a weird comparison, but I'll make it. Josh Hart talked about today of at practice the whole idea of, like, yeah, I look at the standings. We all do. Like, yeah. We all look at Twitter. We all, like, everybody does. The players, when they say they're not, talk, they're not worried about a record, they're full of crap. Yeah. They are. They're, wor- they're worried about it. They're aware of it. They're thinking about it. The way that you talk, like, we've been in the locker room plenty. The way that we talk about stuff here, they talk about it in the locker room. Yeah. That's how this I can't, I, like, the, there was that, remember that game between the Hawks and the Raptors? 
the one where like I think it was like uh, Scotty Barnes that like completely blew a rotation and somebody had like a, a buzzer being mm, like and people yes. who watch this game now probably know what I'm talking about that that game was on just on the TV in the locker room while we were allowed in there mm-hmm. and a couple of the players were in there watching it and they were just looking at each other like dude how did he blow like just just like if it was me and you sitting at a <laughs> yeah. bar watching a game we'd be like whoa what, what just happened why did he blow that play like he should have done this like the players are just like watching these games as yes. fans like everybody else is like they care about that stuff they you know and yeah. so when when it's you or like I, I would imagine for like some of these younger guys who maybe grew up watching Dame mm-hmm. if it now it's one of their teammates and they get to be there for something like that that's something they're going to remember for the rest of like I don't I don't know how long of an NBA career Greg Brown is going to have I don't know how long of an NBA career a lot of these guys are going to have, mm-hmm. but they're going to, no matter what, be able to say, I was there when Damian Lillard became the Blazers all-time franchise leading scorer. And he was my teammate when that happened. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that, especially like, let's, let's like with Shaden, his rookie year, he's not going to comprehend what Damian Lillard truly is five, six, seven, eight years from now, it's going to make sense to him. And he's going to go, man, I was there for that. Whenever Dame is done playing and they re- do the jersey retirement ceremony, by then you hope that Shaden is in like year four or year five and he's ascended to the level that they yeah. think he's going to ascend to and like it's his franchise now. And he, but he's like, those are the things that are going to stick with him. And that's, again, to kind of wrap that up, like that's what I love that for Dame and this fan base, that it's him, that it, it that, like, who he is to his core. And that's what put a smile on my face during that whole thing. As I get older, there's there's things that I care about less and there's things that I care about more. And I start caring about these dudes as people more as I get older. And that it's Dame doing it the way that he's done it matters. Because you look around the league right now, as great as LeBron is, who loves him like Portland loves Dame? And I don't, I don't know if that matters to him. The only guy I can think of that's active now, there's two that I can think of. I think, I, well, there's one. I think Jokic is getting there. Jokic is getting there and Giannis is there. I think Giannis is the other one. And that's, but that, it's such a short list, man. It, and I think that's where in like, if you're younger, you may not get this right now. If you're listening to this and you're 16 to 25, like, go get rings. Like, trust me, I was in that same boat. And I still believe in, like, a title mattering. But as you get older and you start kind of evaluating and looking at things, you understand, like, this, that part of it matters to Damian Lillard. And it has mattered since day one, which is entirely rare for a 22-year-old kid. And the other part of it, and this is something that he said at his press conference this summer when he signed the extension, was that he wants to, you know, see it kind of go back the other way for the, kind of this younger generation. And like a person, like I don't know, like I think it would be great if John Morant stayed in Memphis his whole career. It'd I think be awesome. it would be great if fantastic Luca stays in Dallas for twenty. Well, years. they gotta they gotta do some stuff, and they're, <laughs> they're like that that one. But like, yeah, but yeah, it would be cool if he did. If he did, just like it was cool that Dirk stayed there his whole mm-hmm. career but like I, I want jaw to stay in memphis i want zion to stay in new orleans i want Giannis uh, to play his entire career career milwaukee. in milwaukee like yeah. you know devin like whenever chris paul ages out like devin booker can kind of just like take whatever the next mantle of you know in phoenix especially now that they have the new ownership like hopefully mm-hmm. that you know continues to be a good situation but that's kind of the 
wherever Victor goes, it would be great if he that was the only place he ever plays. Like if Shea, yeah. like I know Shea got traded there after his rookie year, but if Shea, you know, is a 10 or 15 year guy in Oklahoma City, that's awesome. Yes. And it was it was really only that 10, 12 year period from 2009-ish, 2010 on until now where we saw the player movement go crazy. What if, what if it ends up being something that, and Dame alluded to this the other night. So they, uh, it was in OKC. He was asked a question about Shea. And he mentioned that sometimes the grass isn't greener on the other yeah. side. And folks, let me tell you right now, Damian Lillard's not talking out his backside. He's talked to guys like James Harden and guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis and uh, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Like, think about who's on Team USA. These guys talk about this stuff. And some guys probably regret some of the actions they've taken. Some guys may not. But I, th- I think it's it's an interesting shift in at least the thought process of how not only team building, but how players go about it. Well, here's the other, like, the one that I've just always kept coming back to. Do you think if Dwight Howard could do it all over again, he would have stayed in Orlando? 100%. Because look at what happened to his career after he left Orlando. And basically, the reason that he left Orlando was... And honestly, like, even going back before he actually left Orlando, I think the thing that's, like, number one, the most responsible thing for ruining Dwight Howard's career was Shaq getting the... Retiring, taking the TNT job, and going on TNT all the time and being like, "Uh, Dwight Howard needs to post up 50 times a game. and 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 then Dwight started getting away from where he wanted to play. And then he kind of got into this idea of... What he needed to be. What he needed to be. And like, I need to go to LA and be in a big market and make movies. And then he went there and it didn't go well with him and Kobe. And then he went to Houston. And then that really, and and, and from then on, and like the rest of the, you know, the rest of his uh, career, like teams, I couldn't wait to be rid of him after a year. Whereas they would, none of those other teams, even if Dwight had won a champion, even like, let's say like the Dwight Nash Kobe group had actually worked out and those guys stayed healthy. They win a title. What is Dwight? Like the fifth best center in the history of the Lakers? Forget even like best player ever. Like what, whatever. Like nobody's ever going to love you like they did. You know, look at look at what ha- look at what's happened. I mean, I know he's like, he's been better in the sixth man role with the Lakers this year, but look what's happened to Russ since he left Oklahoma City. That's what I mean. Like, now, I, that was I, also a little bit of a different situation because I don't think you had to twist Sam's arm too hard to, re- to trade him and rebuild. But, but Dame Green lit what happened last year. Russ could have done the same thing. Russ could have uh-huh. suffered through through a year, and he'd been uh-huh. so successful. He'd been to an NBA Finals. He he'd been through it all. And I'm not saying that there's a right or a wrong answer to it, but that option could have been there. It now getting nuked by Damian Lillard in the playoffs certainly has you probably feeling like a, a sort of way, especially when you find right. out that Paul George is going behind your back to get your or to be uh, Kawhi Leonard is going behind your back to get your teammate. Like, yeah, I I, I can see that, but. Even now, Russ is a god in OKC. Where he would have been, would have been Dame. And he's no closer to winning. I don't, in fact, I'd argue he's further away than he's ever been. And that's after multiple teams. It's just, because it's, this, this whole era is just going to be really interesting in 10, 15 years when we look back on it. If things kind of go back to the way they were. I kind of hope they do swing back the other way just because I don't know. I don't know. I, you and I are like around the same age. We're both in our, in our thirties. Yeah. We grew up with 
Kobe only playing for the Lakers. You think Dwight, or not Dwight, you think Dirk Nowitzki, you think Dallas Mavericks, you think uh, Tim Duncan, you think Spurs. You don't, like, you don't think, like, you know, you name a great player, you don't think, like, four different teams that he was on. I don't know, I kind of... You know, go back to go back to the eighties. You think Larry Bird, you think Celtics, you think Magic Johnson, you think Lakers. Like I, I kinda like I like the idea of these great players you associate with them with one team. Listen, moving teams is not a sin or anything. It's not no, mind. it's not. Like I think, you know, I think but, that Le, you know, LeBron doing what he did, like it's it, great, fine, whatever. But like that doesn't need to be the norm. The it, ring chasing does not need to be I would argue that this year is more fun for me as a neutral fan than in any year in the last five or six years because there's not this Goliath because the West one injury you're in shambles. One we were just week. talking about, we were just talking about this with Josh Hart at practice yes. circle this back to Portland stuff. We were just talking about this with Josh Hart where it's like, you know, you know, Devin Booker is out for the next month. Phoenix right now is ahead of Portland. If, if Portland takes care of this home schedule, this how home heavy schedule they have over the next month. They could be, you know, third or fourth in the West very easily. easily. And Josh goes, listen, we probably should have won both OKC games. We dropped that Denver game. We probably should have won Clippers. that game. Then we dropped the Clippers game. We should have won that game. Like, it, realistically, you flip those games around. What, what are they, 18 and 16 right now? Yeah. So they would have uh, – let's let's give them all four. They're, they're 22 and 12? How different does that look? Like How different just, are we like, talking about this yes. season? Right. And it's, it's four games. And it's and like it is like every, every team is one and that I think that's also why, you know, I, I think you and I are probably going to do this again in a few weeks once like the trade stuff starts yeah. picking up a little bit, but I think one of the reasons that a lot of this trade stuff cuz I mean, I know you've been trying to ask around about different trade intel you're not getting too much back. I was just in Vegas at the G League showcase last week, which it's is usually quiet. when there's a lot of stuff flying around. Everybody's kind of there's really not a whole lot going on as far as like teams making calls, teams you talking talk about different cuz right every single team I mean, there's there's a handful of like even just in okay. the West, like forget about these. Houston, there's like, San, Antonio. San Antonio, Oklahoma City, I think is they're kind of frisky, but like yeah, like Shea might be so good they may have to invent a Damian Lillard type situation for him, right? Like, but they already did that like last. But anyway, like basically, yeah, yeah. Houston, San Antonio, and then let's 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 put the Lakers in there, even though they're not tanking. They're I just not good. But that's that's the West. Like there's three teams that you're just. Not writing off. There's there's twelve there's other 12 teams others that, that are, are that are one injury away from being completely out of it, and one you know five game winning streak away from being third in the West. Yeah, it's like if I told you the Kings were the end of the season and of like a fifth or sixth seed, as crazy as that sounds, it's you not like, out, it's it's not out of those. Like there's like eight or nine. Even like once you get into the playoffs, there's like eight or nine teams where if you tell me that. And Portland is included in this in this group. If you are any team in the West right now, do you want to see the Dallas Mavericks as broken as they are, as little sense as their roster makes? Do you want to see the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs? I saw what Luka did last night against the Knicks. I'm going to say no. no. And that's the thing. None of those teams want to see Luka. None of them. None of those teams, like, you see the Clippers. They're what? Like, they're, I think they're like 12 and 2, 12 and 4, or something like that when Kawhi plays. Do you trust it? I don't. I don't, but do you want to be the team that finds out what Kawhi and Paul George are healthy in the playoffs? Do you want to face Damian Lillard in the playoffs? No. Can go all up and down. Do you want to face Jokic in the playoffs? Do you want to face, you know, Phoenix, like let's assume Booker is healthy and like like all their guys are healthy. Phoenix has been a juggernaut when they've had everybody healthy. Do you want that in the playoffs? No. Do you want to face Zion, B.I., C.J., and, and J.V.? 
with Herb Jones and all the, all the. What length. if Golden State gets their act together? Do you want to like if Steph champions. gets healthy? Like do you yeah. do you want to? We haven't even like talked about them. It's crazy. No, it's just I mean, it's like, crazy how deep it is. Memphis, do you want to face John Moran in a playoff series no. now that they've got a couple years of playoff experience <laughs> under their belt? That's the thing is like nobody wants to play anybody. I don't think there is an easy. There's certainly there's easier and there's good matchups and bad matchups for you. Right. Like if if you're Portland, you do not want to see Dallas. Like Dallas right. is a hellscape for you. You do not have the ability to handle Luca. What are you? How are you feeling at this? Like this is way ahead of ourselves. Let's mm-hmm. assume Portland is reasonably like in the. Let's say by the end of the play-in, they are in the top eight. They are. Let's say they're sixth. Sure. So, the, so what so do you avoid it? What do you want? I think this is a team that, barring, barring a matchup with Luca, I think you can talk yourself into anybody. This is a team that is both beat and lost to Denver. I think that Denver or Phoenix is a team that kind of lacks cohesion. I like, I think a matchup with Memphis. They've also beaten Phoenix two out of three times this year. Yeah. And I think Memphis is a team that kind of makes sense, like as a good matchup job versus Dame Ant versus Desmond. I think the push is probably obviously is is on the big side where Jaron is just like, if he's healthy and not fouling, he's a defensive player of the year. Like there's so many matchups. Like the, the one that I am terrified of is Dallas because they just have, just because Luca is so good is, that you're just, he has tormented this franchise. Like they have struggled with Dallas so much since Luca got there and they just haven't like, again, there's probably five guys in the league who can consistently guard Luca or like bother him. That's part of the problem. But I think that they look at any matchup and like there's favorable and there's unfavorable, but I don't think that there's anything that they can't try to solve except for probably Luca. Like I, obviously they don't, they don't want to play Denver. They don't want to play Phoenix. Like they don't want to play uh, Memphis or, or New Orleans. Like where they have these superstar teams. Like you guys. hope for Sacramento and it's just like those guys have never yeah, been there before. Certainly. That's like best You, you want the scenario. untested a hundred percent. Or but, you want like the Clippers if like Kawhi isn't fully healthy. But even yeah. then it's like. I mean, for, so for me personally, just from the standpoint of like, you know, I have I have no rooting interest here one way or the other, but I'm just personally from an ease of travel slash also a compelling <laughs> uh, matchup standpoint, I'm hoping for Denver or Phoenix. Oh, I mean, here's the thing. What I want is Denver because the storylines, totally. you want to talk about a series with vitriol? Oh, yeah. Remember, it, it, oh, yeah. It got chippy a year and a half or a year and a half ago. Like, Never mind the first one. Yeah, so the seven game one with the four seven, overtimes. There, there will be blood. Yeah. That's what I would say. Like for the storylines alone, put me in that. And you know, again, the Memphis one. Let's say they get matched up with Memphis in the first round and they knock the Grizzlies out. The Grizzlies team that John Morant says they're not worried about anyone in the West. Like. Yeah, our, my producer Mario just, just threw that in the chat. Oh, perfect. There you go. That that Josh said that in an interview. I I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, like, but I mean, like. There's so many good storylines. There's so many opportunities. There's so many things out there. It, it is a long ways away. And I, my wheels start getting spinning. I'm like, this would be super fun. But for me, what I'm interested to see, and this is like, we kind of alluded to it there a little bit, and we'll kind of revisit as we get closer, what the Blazers do. There is a world that exists where the Blazers don't make any moves at the deadline. There is a world that exists. I would be very exists. surprised if that happened. I, I would be too. And, and I, I don't think that's the default setting. But there's also a world that exists where the, the move that they make is a, just a small move, a little tweak, maybe a little bit of a bench help, maybe to make the salaries make a little bit more sense, balance the books just a little bit further. Because uh, if you look at their contracts, once you get to Josh Hart's contract, you've got Gary Payton's and then like a bunch of like 
uh, rookie scale deals and then Justice Winslow's kind of weird deal. Yeah. Um, they probably want to find some more contracts that are in like the six to ten million dollar range because those are the ones that that you, you can know, use you, you to can, move to can, make the money work. Yeah, out you can yeah. juice other trades. So, like, I can imagine that that they try to if they're trying to set something up for the summer, that's kind of the way that they would look. So, I'm really interested to see what happens at the deadline, and then that obviously will set the table going forward. And they have a schedule that is in their favor that will allow them to push themselves up as, as far as they can go in that standings list. I think the thing they have going for them as far as that is the only teams that the only games that they've lost that are against a team that they quote unquote should beat are the two Oklahoma city games. Yes. They've beaten Charlotte both times. They've beaten Houston twice. They've beaten San Antonio twice. All the actually bad teams that mm-hmm. they've faced, they've taken care of. And the OKC one. And even Oklahoma people... City. Like, Oklahoma City's not a playoff team, but they're frisky. And Shea has been they a are. top... Shea's been, like, a top 10 player-ish Easily. in the league. Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's not... A, that's not... You're not... That's not the same thing as losing to, like, Charlotte or San Antonio or just not, no. uh, not good NBA teams at all. No, and I think that... People probably go, well, listen, it's never good to lose back to back. They should have taken at least one of those two. Yes. Absolutely. And you, and you feel a lot better about it. But also, number one, injuries. Number two, long road trip. Number three, the, the mental parts of like the Dame stuff. Yeah. But this is the ebb and flow of a season, and it shows the parity in the league. And if the Blazers get into January and they get this long home stretch and they, they win like 65% of their games this month, I'm not going to be surprised. I can't oh, yeah. Answer. Not, like, this not is why you and I, this is what what have you and I both said over and over again since the schedule came out? Get to Christmas at five hundred; they're in great shape, and they are. Yeah. They got to Christmas a game over five hundred. Now is your chance. Now, if they don't make their hay between now and the All Star break, then the eyebrows start to raise. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. We're all kind of on the same <laughs> page on that one. That's probably a good place to wrap it up. People know where to get Danny. Uh, Jack Ramsey's on YouTube and on podcast platforms. Danny and Dusty, noon to three weekdays, 1080 the fan, part of the Odyssey family, just like this podcast is. Uh, follow you on Twitter, at Danny Meringue. Yep, yep. Uh, anything I'm missing? Uh, watch parties. Yeah, no, we've, that's it. we have the watch, watch, watch playback, watch parties, which uh, we will have uh, Friday for the Warriors game. And uh, the Lightyears boys, I yeah. think Sam and Andy are both going to join us. Oh, at least, wow, so crossover. A little crossover. Sam will be there for sure. Um, it'll, it'll be a fun one. Uh, Steph's going to be out, so this is another game. The Blazers, yeah, that's, they, that's quote a unquote, should win. And that's the other thing. The Blazers are 500 on the road. They have 10 road wins. They've played, they have played 20 road games. This will be the halfway mark of their road games. It's just already, really, it's really insane how much of a road heavy schedule they've had before the new year. They will have half of their road games done. It's yeah, Nuts. it's absolutely wild. So. All right, Danny, thank, thanks for doing this. Hey, anytime brother.